1: 1-2 pitch, ball lined to Yout, it's short! He throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant!
0: Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yout, makes a great catch!
1: And won, the Amos has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings and here it is! A face hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin.
0: And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well.
1: And it's gone. A two run home
0: run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan a smash.
2: cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. I'm me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast, uh, we've reached what I'll call the doldrums of spring training, Adam, that would we'd f- be feeling really uh, tired of it all and ready for opening day, for, for me anyway, if I did not have these World Baseball Classic games going on in the background, and we'll get to that, but right now, we are going to get into some of the news and notes of spring training. But first of all, happy Tuesday to you, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Andrew. Um, I don't
3: have the World Baseball Classic, as discussed before. Actually, I meant to share it, which is uh, the broadcaster for UK and Ireland is BT Sport. Um, and just this is the level of baseball awareness i woke up this morning i had seen before i went to sleep last night that great britain picked up their first win in um their history in the world baseball classic last night beating Colombia. right if i have that correct you do and some uh (laughs) some social media person working for bt must have woke up this morning and be like oh They won. They won. And uh, they put up a post saying that they, for the first time ever, they had won the World Baseball Classic, which prompted a whole bunch of quote tweets from very excited uh, Brits being like, you know, not quite two World Wars, one World Cup, one World Baseball Classic, but not a million miles removed. So, that is the level we're dealing with of, even for the broadcaster, it seems like, of knowledge in the World Baseball Classic, in this part of the world, and as such, there is very, very few games being shown, um, being shown live, that is, at hours where at the moment I'm not equipped to watch them, and the rest of the games, they're not on demand anywhere, it's a failing, so... Not to bore most people listening. I'm sure we got some other people overseas who are maybe having similar difficulties. But I wish that I could, you know, have some World Baseball Classic in the background. In some of this, honestly, spring training at this point, not quite doing it for me. It's a day to day thing, obviously, it depends on the lineup. But it seems like the Brewers it hasn't entirely been doing it for them on most days, too. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Start of the season for the Brewers. And I'm very jealous of everyone else who's getting to enjoy some quality baseball in the world, baseball classic, and then some Brewers contributions at that
2: too. It's unfortunate because, uh, some of these games and some of these atmospheres have been absolutely electric. Funny thing about that great Britain win, Adam is, you know, talk a lot about the special relationship between the U S and England, uh, dating back to, was it Bush and Blair where that, uh, coin was termed? I'm not sure any, uh, political experts weigh in let me know uh probably ty windish i think would be the best person for that job um but the u.s had played themselves into a bit of a pickle by losing to mexico uh quite handily and was going to potentially find themselves in a three-way tie with colombia and mexico if things shook out that way and be on the outside looking in of that tiebreaker uh but now all they've got to do is beat colombia and they are in a very very good spot to move forward. So look at great Britain helping out the U S what a time to be alive, but uh, we'll get to some performances by brewers in the world baseball classic. But to Adam's point, let's talk about some of the, uh, the things that have been happening in spring training. Uh, I'm going to become a shill for local journalism here because uh, people like Todd Rosiak and Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee journal Sentinel have been uh, putting out great articles about the, the small and large stories that pop up over spring training. First team we'll get to is they've uh, done some roster administration uh, in the last day or so. And I don't think there's anything surprising there. Uh, Abner Uribe option to double A Biloxi, Jansen Junk, Cam Robinson, Ethan small option to triple A Nashville, Alex Jackson, Claudio, Robert Gasser, JC Mejia, Colin Ray, Thiago Vieira reassigned to minor league camp. I think uh, roles are starting to come into, into focus for some of the guys there. Uh, Jansen Junk will lead the rotation in Nashville, be some starting rotation depth in case there's some injuries to uh, the Brewers likely rotation, which I'm imagining right now to be Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, Lauer with Wade Miley filling in that fifth spot and Adrian Hauser in the bullpen. Ethan Small will go to Nashville, uh, see if he can learn how to be a one inning reliever, maybe a multi inning reliever and see if some of those command and control issues uh, in his past can be put to rest uh no real su- surprises in these assignments for me adam don't know if you had any thoughts
3: i just i mean uh, i guess the top line guys the trio um option to nashville and abner Rebay are guys we have talked about over the past couple of months recent weeks i think for various reasons players we have our eyes on and who may factor into things for the brewers at some point cam robinson was someone i think we talked about going back to right towards the back end of last season even it might have been when we started to talk about him and wonder well what kind of role could he end up playing so that's definitely elements of interest um going to nashville be good see how uh junk does there essentially i mean you're by your reckoning he's gonna lead that rotation right and uh, he's been working on, was it a splitter that I was reading yesterday he's been working on?
2: Um... Yeah, apparently he's had some like, uh, and you can go to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel to read the article. He's had some back and forth with being able to not really find his splitter going from the minor league ball to the major league ball and then struggling to throw a change up uh, to replace it. And recently he's gone back to the splitter and seen what he can make out of that. And, and I guess so far so good. I think in the article he says it's eventually going to be the second best hit pitch behind his slider he thinks which is you know cool improvement there that he sees in his future
3: yeah and i think what was noteworthy in that is that he spoke about in previous uh, on previous teams he's been with whenever he's encountered trouble he's been just told as okay that's enough of that let's put that pitch away where the breweries were like okay well we just want you to do that so you're working on that which it fits the wider the wider narrative and, and what we've seen in practice from the Brewers and their work with pitchers. So going to be interesting to see how that develops. And Eaton Small, I mean, you mentioned a single inning reliever, maybe multiple inning reliever. Like they, there has been on the record talk about him being viewed as a multiple inning reliever um, over the course of spring training. So I hope that works out well in Nashville. And we can get to see him with the Brewers again soon. And we can see a lot of the good that we were seeing for say two innings. Um and then he gets out of the game and we're like, wow, what a what a reliever that the Brewers now have in their hands with him. Abner it's really fun. And I was a little surprised to you as I said that he was at the Shookers, although you ran through his uh very limited experience at double A even. So I guess that makes sense, even though he could be someone we see rise the ranks pretty quickly.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's definitely with small and junk guys that given the nature of a baseball season and how performance and injuries ebb and flow with a roster guys that we could see make contributions to the big league level. And that goes for Uribe as well, just because how exciting the stuff is. And I think uh, when he's in Milwaukee, it's going to be must see television as he's up there reaching triple digits on the radar gun. Um, There are a couple other news and notes that we can get into, but I think, uh the most timely one is where where I want to start um and that's with Luke Voigt Adam a guy obviously that the Brewers signed to a minor league deal uh right at the beginning um I was on spring training uh if he's not assured a spot on Milwaukee's forty man roster by this Thursday I believe he has an opt out clause and he has a right to elect free agency so uh Voight is a guy I think we were very intrigued by when he was signed. He's got a track record of being an above-average hitter at the major league level and bringing some power to the table, a guy that could uh, spell Rowdy Tellez at first, a guy that could spell Jesse Winker at DH, and be Jesse Winker insurance at DH to a degree. If, he, if the injuries that kept Winker from reaching uh, his maximum level of performance last year and also kept him out of the lineup quite a bit, if those... Reoccur, or at the very least, he needs maintenance. Voight's a guy that you could just slot in and DH, and you feel pretty good about it. As we mentioned, the Brewers seem to love the guys with uh, love guys with reverse platoon splits, so he's not a perfect platoon with a left handed hitter anywhere, but he's very competent against both lefties and righties. So far this spring, he's gotten 26 at bats, he's hitting uh, 346, 370, 538 for a 908 OPS. He's got a homer, uh, nine hits in those at bats, two doubles and a walk uh this decision is, is looming on thursday boy's performance uh, for what it's worth in spring training and i think most notably from what he's talking about is his health is exactly where he wants it to be after being banged up a couple of times throughout the past few seasons uh his comments yesterday uh, this is via adam mccalvey Obviously, everyone knows about the opt-out now. My job is to hit the ball hard and drive in runs, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I get a chance with this team. We'll see. I'm sure they'll be in talks the next few days. It would obviously be better the sooner it happens, but I guess we'll find out. So, Boyd expects to be in the lineup Wednesday to give the team one more look at him. I'll go on the record saying I think he should be on this roster, and I think he could be a valuable contributor on this team. But I've talked to you a lot right there, Adam. So I will turn it over to you. I mean, he's done
3: what you could ask of him to do in spring training. The numbers are really good. There's the obvious spring training noise attached to that, which from inning to inning, from pitcher to pitcher, well, what is the quality of what you're facing? Uh, But having said that, like, I think part of this, it's impossible not to look to well, what is the competition? What are the decisions the Brewers are going to have to make um, if they are to have Luke Voigt on the roster? We could say, oh, yeah, 909 OPS. Uh, most at-bats of anyone on the team as well, so Luke Voigt has been really, they've been putting him to work and they're getting a good look at him. Kesson here has got a 487 OPS on 23 at-bats in spring training, which we could say, okay, it's spring training. Maybe he's just working through some stuff but uh, I don't know. We've been down this road so many times, Andrew. We've talked through it comprehensively. My question is increasingly, like, did they just end up kicking Castaneda to the curb? Is no one out there willing to give anything to take a gamble on him? Um, have the Brewers finally said, you know what, it's time to move on? a lot of the interesting decisions they're going to have to make, and a lot of the guys that are kind of, I guess the the less exciting profile of players who are going to fill out the fringes of this roster, so not the prospects is, I guess, the, the best way of putting it. They're utility guys, and they're, they're capable of playing some of the positions where Keston ends up playing, and as we've long talked about, Part of Keston's problem is, does he really have one position? I, I don't know if he's a guy, like, is he a utility guy, or is he just he doesn't have a position. It feels like some of these players can play multiple positions, or even someone in the case of, like, Luke Voigt, who doesn't have that kind of level of flexibility, doesn't have, like, the, I don't know, I guess, the Abram Toro, Owen Miller, Brian Anderson kind of shape to his game. It's like, okay, well, one of the spots where Keston could most readily pick up opportunities last year was, okay, we've run Rowdy into the ground. We need to give Rowdy a day off. Or early in the season when Craig was really, really leaning into lefty, righty, all of that stuff. If all of a sudden you've got a better option to spell Rowdy, I, I don't know where the other spot is. Like, it just feels like Kesson's taking up a spot in the team where he, you're not going to get the maximum day-to-day impact out. We know what he can do in a given moment. We know he has certainly got a flair for the spectacular. But is that what you want on this team over the course of the year? Particularly when, I mean, that's part of what we talked about last year. The whole team was pretty good at delivering spectacular moments, at delivering home runs. Like, Luke Voigt batting 346? That's even something where it's like, okay, he's someone that was it two years ago he was the pandemic shortened season, he was the home run leader. So I'm writing that. He was, yeah. So we know he's got the power to do that, but if he's also someone that could bring something akin to that, where he's just a steady bat and he's making contact too, again, that's very, very different from just the swing and a miss, swing and a miss profile that Kesson's fallen into. So you're asking about Luke Void. I think Luke Void is doing and has done what could be asked of him. He's made a pretty good case for himself. And I think at this point, it's just going to tell us more about the Brewers and what they think of other players on their roster. And maybe even this will factor into, I don't know, them tipping their hand to some of the other decisions that will come on other guys in this kind of mix down the line.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if you mentioned this, but Keston is out of options. So there were those times last year where the Brewers are like, we don't know what to do with you right now. Go hit home runs in Nashville. And without having that option, literally, and I guess metaphorically here, uh, we'll. Uh, I don't think it makes sense to have him on this roster. When, If you're asking the question, who do you think is a better fit for this roster or will be a better contributor for this roster, given the role you want them to play for 2023? Is it Luke Voigt or Keston Hira? I'd say Luke Voigt. And then you start asking yourself questions. Is Kessinger here your second baseman of the future? No. Is he your first baseman of the future? No. Is he your left fielder of the future? No. Is he your right fielder of the future? No. Is he your DH of the future? Well, that would really, really be the only option. But every year, you sign someone or trade for someone to be that option over him. So it's becoming clear that he just really needs a change of scenery because of those defensive limitations that you mentioned. And then at the plate, obviously... We know what the issue is. It's that he last year he had a 41.7% strikeout rate, which in this article um, from Kurt Hogue, he notes is second for players with at least 200 plate appearances. And imagining him with that strikeout rate over the course of a full season putting up any kind of positive sustainable statistics is hard to imagine. And for that reason, other guys – rising through the system and just a lack of a role for him, I think it, it makes sense uh, to move on for both parties. And then maybe without there, – there's something to be said now, how much you can weigh into this, but there's something to be said about kind of the pressure of performing for the organization where you've risen through the ranks as like being the next guy and to go somewhere else where that baggage isn't necessarily on your shoulder will be good for him. And it allows the Brewers to be more flexible with their roster. So that's I, that's where I come away with this.
3: There's every chance that he could go somewhere else. And I don't want to say, like, become the guy that the Brewers hopes he'd be. I I don't believe that at this point. But that he could certainly tear it up for a while. And he'll go through spells where Brewers fans will be looking from afar and being like, oh, should have kept Keston. I, I don't think that should be factoring into the Brewers calculation. It shouldn't be this fear of, oh, but what if it's you've got to base your decision on what you've had in front of you for quite some time and how that's developed and how it hasn't developed is maybe a better way of putting it. And right now, the fact that look, you've got good options. I, I really think again, they're not always the most exciting names, but really I think the kind of backup and utility options across the infield are very steady major league baseball players. Like the Brewers can put together a very competent roster you smile there. I don't know if you disagree on part of that.
2: No, I smiled because, Adam, that's what we call in the business a transition. Look at you. I, I, love, uh, I love that move right there. I don't know if you were teeing me up on purpose, but like no, you're throwing me in the softball. I love it. So this has been a topic of conversation. We're going to do kind of another one-for-one one who should make the roster comparison. It's been a co- topic of conversation brought up by a listener and a uh, Discord member uh and if you're not in the discord why aren't you in the discord gsbn.info uh come agree with us come argue with us uh we've got all kinds of inside jokes jokes that pop up i mean it's a good time where um adults can care way too much about baseball and so it's it's fun we've been having some some late night world baseball classic conversations as well um but that uh topic that was brought up and has since come up in an article again i'll reference kurt hogan the milwaukee journal sentinel i'm a shill for local journalism today adam subscribe to your local paper or your paper in a state far away from you because you care too much about baseball well um, no, for
3: for this podcast subscribe to milwaukee journal Sentinel, or you know we could say the same about part of the reason we don't need to unpack this too deeply now but we're so chills for local journalism as well the athletic coverage of the Brewers is kind of gone, hasn't been replaced since Will Salmon went back in the Mets beat. So it is a combination of local journalism, Adam McAlvey with the Brewers. And we're lucky that all those people are good and persistent and consistent with their job. So yeah, if you're a fan of the Brewers or the books, uh, I think the journal sounds like, I'd never have a problem. Keep, keep supporting local journalism, Andrew
2: and, uh, I think it makes sense in this regard. Good, well, you know, just just wanted to put all my cards on the table there.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Uh, But the topic of conversation that is now in that article uh, is around Owen Miller kind of playing his way onto the opening day roster. And I think he's a guy that I've sold short in talking about the 2023 Brewers and who could be an impact player from day one. I think when when I've discussed who I think will be the best suited for utility roles, I've been honed in on Bryce Tarang or Abraham Toro. And I like what I've seen from those guys a lot in spring training as well. Uh, but Owen Miller has had a pretty hot, hot start. And most notably is... Getting time in a position that he hasn't really played in his career, and that's in center field. Tyrone Taylor, we know, um, has an elbow injury. Garrett Mitchell has uh, a hamstring that's been giving him issues. I think they're just being overly cautious with with Mitchell. I think I remember reading Council said he will get back to game action over the weekend obviously Mitchell's a player where speed factors so much into what he brings to the table that any kind of lower body injury or something that's going to impact his, his running is something you want to take seriously. So I get that completely, but that's led to Owen Miller to get a few starts in center field, which is a position that um, he hasn't really played Uh, quoting Craig council. He says, we kind of started discussing it as we got here. It was a reaction to the Tyrone Tyrone thing. Essentially we lost the right-handed bat in the outfield, and it was an in-house thing that we would try. Uh, (laughs) When asked uh, what was the hardest part of learning the new position, Owen Miller said, probably the run out there in between innings. Notably, it is a much longer run from the dugout to center field than second base, first base, something like that. So a bit of humor there from Owen Miller as he enters into the stressful situation of trying to learn a position he's never played. Uh, I think he's cooled off in, in recent days, but he really has... Um, uh, been hitting well as well. He's got 23 at bats, eight hits, so that compiles a 348, 375, 522 slug. Um, no homers, three RBI, a walk, four doubles out of those eight hits. So Owen Miller, someone who played a lot last year for the cleveland Cleveland Guardians. Um, had a hot start there too, but 472 plate appearances. So a guy that's used to being in the lineup in multiple spots, played third base, DH, second base, first base, um, and played one game at shortstop in 2021. So a guy that can play all, all over the diamond, trying to out, uh, add outfield to that mix. And you would assume... Uh, now, don't I don't have the stack cast data on his throwing arm, so going from there, you would assume that if he learns center field, he could also potentially pop up as an option uh, in right field, as that's an issue that... At the moment is lacking depth, but Owen Miller, yeah, kind of coming out of nowhere and surprising me a bit, and that's maybe just on me for for not digging in more when he when he first got here.
3: Yeah, and of course from from Mequon, so I think a lot of people, a lot of Brewers fans, will be rooting and would like to have a uh, Wisconsinite on the roster. Uh, just when you're talking about if he. Can If he can get center field down, possibly he could be an option right field. Does the inverse of that apply? Where I'm thinking, again, when we're trying to work out depths, and I guess this is the kind of puzzle that Matt Arnold is going to be working through with the mix of guys he's brought in and trying to work out, okay, what prospects, if any, like he's ready to go with from the jump. Is Brian Anderson someone who could play center as well as right?
2: In a pinch. I... I would not anticipate it, but given that council is uh trying this with Miller, never say never, but given Anderson's injury history, I probably would mm. not be trying him uh, in positions that he's never played. And also ones that require kind of the physicality and that's, that's fair. That's running fair. at center, but it's, it's something worth, I mean, it popping into your, to your brain in a, kind of disaster scenario it does make sense when you think about him asking Miller to do it I just think the situations are probably a little different
3: I just think there's gonna be a level of creativity in how they work out their depth here which is obviously what's brought about that wit on Miller so I guess that's an example of it's like where does the where will the line be on the creativity um and how far are the Brewers prepared to push to that as opposed to just being like you know what Sal Frelick, you're a you're a natural outfielder. It's going to be your time once you're back from World Baseball Classic. That's, I guess, the question. But for someone like Al Miller, like we just talked about, in the kind of positional crunch, great to give yourself this extra chance. Um, a tough break potentially for Abraham Toro, who was playing pretty well before going off to the World Baseball Classic if he comes back and an injury to Garrett Mitchell has kind of forced the Brewers into trying out Miller in center field and he's proving passable and that gives him an edge in in that battle for the start of the season, that's going to be really unfortunate. I guess that brings us back to a question I was asking, I think, last week of like, well, can you benefit from going and playing really well in the World Baseball Classic? And in some cases, will it actually hurt a guy? I guess that isn't always obvious, but if something like Garrett Mitchell gets injured and all of a sudden, it's like, who could play center? Well, yeah, that could hurt you if you're you're not there and someone in your position more naturally is getting a chance to
2: showcase that. Yeah, he's played uh, one inning in right field last year, so maybe if Toro's in camp, he'd be like, let me at it. Uh, I, I, can, I can play center as well. Because Toro, to his credit, four for seven in two games for Canada uh, at the World Baseball Classic, playing third base over there. But to your point, when the teachers in front of the classroom and it's like who wants to play center field? If he's there, maybe it happens. Uh that's with with a job on the line,
3: I I, there could be more hands up for
2: sure. That's the the good the good news for both of them is that they've both got options this year. So if they're if one or the other is not on the major league roster, that is not a forever thing necessarily. Um but it was an un- it was an unseen factor an unseen hidden worry that uh i did not account for um we've also got another <clears throat> guy on the roster who has played center field at the minor league level uh and that's Bryce Terrain. and a guy that obviously one of their top prospects someone that figures into their plans long term but because of uh timeline manipulation things as someone that you and I have not expected to be on the uh, Major League roster, having a great spring uh, Mm -hmm. and primarily playing shortstop, uh, which is his natural position, uh, which (laughs) uh, long-term could say something. uh, I
3: think they won't want to move him from that position, Andrew, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) That is something I think as well. Uh, 375, 444, 542 um, triple slash uh, for the spring and uh, apparently... Uh, I didn't get to see it because it wasn't being broadcast. Made a really nice play at shortstop uh, yesterday. But you've got three guys with lots of positional versatility, all having great springs, uh, factoring into this lineup decision. Well, I guess Toro hits a ball hard, only got 15 at-bats, uh, three hits. A homer included a couple of walks. So uh, doing better for Canada than he was um, for the Brewers. But yeah. Seems to uh, there's someone we there's someone we forgot to mention here, and I we've
3: been guilty of this, and I think we've made reference, and it's become a running thing in our Discord where he's now referred to as creative player because his whole vibe is like that. But we're not talking about Blake Perkins, who actually is a center fielder, and I don't know, does that tell us everything we need to know?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, probably it tells a little bit that that Al miller
3: is like <laughs> they yeah, they, trying to make him into the center fielder.
2: i mean yes and no because perkins in his limited action has not been good this spring but you need to fill out these innings some way or the other like he's it's spring training so perkins is not just gonna go and play nine innings a game in in center field for the team uh while guys are down but that there's an article about Owen Miller forcing his way onto the opening day roster uh, with this performance and maybe newfound ability to play center field and not opportunity for Blake Perkins to make the roster in light of Tyrone Taylor injury probably does say a lot. Um, I think this is a, probably a good point to talk about um, another guy who in theory, a big window of opportunity, Opportunity is opened up to make the roster given the Tyrone Taylor injury, and that's Tyler Naquin. And uh, limited all all this is grain of salt. Spring training st- stats, limited sample, we'll say. And what means any anything is more in the minds of Craig Council than us because we're scout line st- or stat line scouting because they don't want us to watch these baseball games for some reason. Uh, I don't know if this was if the schedule is usually this sparse and I'm just not as locked in, or if any of this Bally stuff has anything to do with this, I don't know. Uh, But Tyler Naquin, 18 um, at bats, just three hits, um, one walk, six strikeouts. So 167, 238, 278 slash line. So in a position to potentially win the opening day right field job because of some injuries and not necessarily taking it and running with it, uh, and providing opportunity for for doubt about whether or not he belongs on this roster, and doubt about who should start in right field on opening day. I have my answer. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on if one of those utility guys is someone that you could see like having. We could have multiple of the utility guys make the roster because no one's at uh, run out and taken the right field job and that just means brian anderson is your opening day right fielder and you slot in one of those guys at third or second and you move Weicho around or if you think uh oh, well naquin's really the only option here kind of just have to roll with it i haven't done what
3: i should have done i haven't done this yet which is you know get out like a pen and paper old school and sit down and Let's count these guys out and let's let's really work out exactly where the crunch is and what we've got room for. I don't know if you got a if you got a better read on that, like out of this group, how many do you think there's space for?
2: Um, I also should have gotten the pen and paper out, but I would I think we'll I very much be into that mode by our next episode. We will be. It's it's really sneaking up on us, Adam. We're gonna be like arm in arm and uh <laughs> be a Wrigley Field in no time, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna be eating peanuts and cracker jacks and having the time of our lives. But I think there are a lot of those one on one battles, so to speak. I I've got the depth chart up now. Catcher's a no-brainer, Contreras and Caratini. Mm-hmm. First base, you've got Rowdy Tales, and then let's call it Luke Voider Hero, a one on one battle. Owen Miller can also play some first base. Second base, Luisa Arias, and then Toro Tarang or Miller, we'll call it, as another kind of battle. Third base, your options are Brian Anderson, Weicho, Brasso, and then Toro can play some third base. So, so so the one versus one on the utility, guys, it's gonna come to a head, Voight versus Hira, not the utility, and Toro versus Miller to start opening day, I would assume, with Bryce Tarang probably in Nashville on opening day, uh, playing a lot of shortstop, it would say, uh, for future considerations. And then I, in the but... outfield, you got Yelich in left, Winker as an option in theory, but really the Oof. DH, Mitchell in center, and then right field's uh, Brian Anderson, Tyler Naquin, or the guy that really should be given the job from day one, Sal Freelick. Th- those are kind of where my mind goes for these various positional battles.
3: When you get to the outfield portion of that, they're really running out of excuses to not have Sal Freelich on the opening day roster. Like it's, it's, it's really getting, you're going to, you're doing serious, um, mental gymnastics, financial gymnastics to do it, and I just—it's not to the benefit of your baseball team at that point. Um, I think everyone he looked good, and the limited opportunity he got before heading off to World Baseball Classic, he's coming up with big hits and uh, having a fun experience. It seems with Italy.
2: Can we talk about yeah. how awesome South Relic seems? It just seems he's, like the best hang. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. seems
3: great. I I think the the other thing. Sultry Sal, of course. I think the the other thing that jumps out when you go through that list is Mike Brasso being absolutely superhuman in spring training shouldn't be underestimated either because as much as he would have had the inside track and he delivered a lot of big moments, and I think just even as a pinch hitter, his value and his consistency to be able to do that would have really put him in a good position. It's still it's a real crunch, and he could have found himself on the outside looking in if he wasn't having a good spring training. And not only is he having a good spring training, he's having, a, I don't know, a, an absolutely ridiculous spring training. His numbers are completely insane. That makes me think, when you get to the outfield, it's like, okay, if they are going to duck calling Freelick up to engage in further timeline manipulation here, I think there's there's still an I, opportunity. I didn't mean
2: to say it like primer. I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> uh,
3: there's still an opportunity for someone like Tyron Aquin, who's not having a good time at all, to get a spot because they're like, okay, we we know we know what you can be. Like there's there's a track record of what you can be, and that's gonna tie us over. Um again, Owen Miller is helping himself out a lot. Brian Anderson's ability to, to play right field is helping him out. It gets tough for Toro. And I just, that's, that's tricky. But that with Brasso doing as well as he is and offering something a little bit different, you're maybe not going to look to give him too many starts, but you're certainly going to use him a lot throughout the season. And honestly, they should probably use him more. I think that was a reflection Craig Council had late last season too. I don't know. I really, I it gets tough for Toro, just by not being around uh, while other experiments are happening even, is tough. And when Brian Anderson does have the, okay, well, yeah, he can play right field. And if, if the center field thing works out in the Brewers' eyes and they feel they have some confidence with Al Miller, that could be where the crunch happens. And I I don't feel great about that.
2: I, uh, I think it's I'm kind of Notice More by the way, bullish. I've
3: I've lost fate in like I know you mentioned Bryce Terang. I just don't think they're sending Bryce Terang up yet. I think if, if do we're I. doubting if we're doubting like I really don't think Terang's time is here yet.
2: I think I think if we had to say what's going to happen today, I think it would be Miller over Toro. Whether or not I 100% agree with that or not doesn't matter. But I think Toro's still a guy that is going to get plenty of innings and at bats this year. I mean, you look at Luis Arias, who's had some injury issues last year. If he goes down, I, I don't think it's impossible to imagine Toro being the replacement at second base for a si- significant portion of time. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get banged up. And there's going to be opportunity for guys that begin the season at Nashville to come up and make an impact. And I think he's probably going to be one of those guys who's waiting in the wings now, um, whether that's via the necessity of, of Owen Miller coming out and, and showing he can play center. There's a possibility that as the rest of the spring goes on, it turns out, Oh, Owen Miller can't handle center field for a mm-hmm. significant amount of time. That's a possibility. Uh, as, uh, as the article notes, he's a tremendous athlete. Um, I believe uh, a, a really good high school basketball player um, and set the all-time scoring record at his school. So, you know, uh, Owen Miller knows ball at him. Uh, but, uh, I really appreciate, uh, these, the versatility of the edges of this roster for two reasons, because it gives the Brewers options throughout the season and something that they didn't really have last year at a meaningful level beyond Jace Peterson when he, when he wasn't hurt, but it also gives us something to talk about on March 14th. And for that, I'm, you know, truly, truly grateful when it comes to that right, right field conversation, like, I just wish they'd say, this is your job, Sal Freelich, and then the backup center fielder job is solved as well because we've seen um, him play center in spring training. We've seen him play center for Team uh, Italy, and him. I think most scouts profile him as a, at least slightly above average center fielder, even if he doesn't have the, the upside of plus-plus like Garrett Mitchell does because of his speed. I think... Uh, scouts love him in a corner, like him in center. Uh, Limited sample size in spring. He's four for 10 with a double. Uh, We've seen him uh, steal two bases in spring training. And then for Team Italy, he was just on fire. Seven for 18. uh, A 421 OBP and 977 OPS. Four RBI, a walk, stolen base there. Um, Saw him run down some balls in the outfield. He's a guy that, Now, level of competition notwithstanding with that pool uh, the team Italy was in, we'll see him, I think it's early tomorrow morning, uh, against Japan, which uh, will be a a real test because Japan's pitching and their offense. Japan's just been incredible in the World Baseball Classic. But Freelich has performed at every opportunity in limited samples this spring. And if you gave... Craig Council and Matt Arnold truth serum and said who's who from day one in right field gives you the best chance to win or the best chance to help your lineup from opening day moving forward. If your goal is to win as many games as possible and win the World it, Series, you put the best players out there from day one. I think it's South Relic. Um And I'm just some idiot in North Carolina that watches baseball. But I mean, the hit collector, Sultry Sal, just put him in the lineup. And from day one, put your best guys out there and don't focus on just the the nasty business of baseball and thinking about uh, five years down the line when you're in a World Series contention window right now.
3: Couldn't agree more. Uh, shout out Ozaki High School in Fredonia, Wisconsin. That's on Miller's High School. Just just in case we got listeners, Andrew. We got to get the specifics.
2: Uh. Like, rate, subscribe. <laughs> That's YouTube, right? <laughs> sure is. Um, do we have anything else from the world of uh the Brewers? Uh, there, there's actually just, that was on there's, your there's mind.
3: One, there's just one thing. It's not Brewer Spring Training, but you kind of alluded to, it, and I guess we should know because we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Just the ongoing bally stuff, um, hmm. which the the latest reporting yesterday being that. Uh, as part of the bankruptcy proceedings, Diamond Sports, which operates under Bally's name, is expected to reject the contracts of at least four teams um, that are essentially unprofitable. And the teams listed were the Reds, the Guardians, the Padres and the Diamondbacks. And the New York Post reported that they stand to lose 20 million annually on the Padres alone, which that seems wild to me. How bad is the deal? What's going on there? I might, might have to do some more digging on that because I just couldn't quite put that together. Like, of no all wonder the, the
2: no wonder the Padres are just slinging money like it doesn't matter. That's true,
3: that, that must be it. But it also, like, their fan base is notably engaged in recent years. Like, I feel like that's something that gets talked about quite a lot. Now, maybe they're too engaged is the problem. Maybe they won't let a seat go empty in the stadium on any given day, Andrew. I don't know. But I thought that they have the fascinating.
2: Do they have the father district outside of that? <laughs> coast, so if they're not inside, they're out there.
3: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Um, but just notable, the Brewers are, are not among the first four um, least profitable contracts, which maybe that's why the Brewers aren't spending as much, Andrew, you know? maybe the the brewers contract actually needs some work i, I think uh but actually sorry just they... to, just to round that out i probably killed what would have been a joke there um but the plan for those teams and the mlb are fully ready to step in and offer exactly what the the experience has been free um for In area, folks. That makes me a little bit wary, possibly you. I assume they'll handle all that on MLB TV if it comes to it. But um, for any of these teams that it's dropped, it seems like Major League Baseball has had to really ready up. I think it's one thing reading that, the scale of what that requires is very significant. So if it was to actually come to it, I would be so impressed and honestly kind of stunned if this does not lead to major disruptions for any team down the road. So we will see. And particularly if it is a whole, it's one thing if they've got to do that for a couple of teams, if all of a sudden there's like 10 teams and just overnight, congratulations MLB, you've got to run all productions for everything related to these teams. The scale of that is honestly, like you just, you won't have that many people on staff. On retainer, you're going to be starting from scratch in a real hurry. And you know what? The timing of the year isn't the greatest for this from a baseball perspective, because these things are going to be very important to a lot of people very soon. So I guess that's just the, the latest update on the TV side of things so far. No more word on where Bally Sports Wisconsin will fit into this other than it seems like not the least profitable of the the contracts that they're currently engaged in.
2: We'll be monitoring the situation, Adam. I think that that's fair to say. Uh thankfully uh for at least the, the first uh home game of the season, our asses will be firmly supplanted in seats at American Family Insurance Field, uh, as well as that Wednesday. Now, you know, watch party on Tuesday might get a little iffy if uh we have to figure out how to tell a to be determined location how to broadcast. Uh, that game or how to find the broadcast, I should say. Um, I guess last thing is just I'll briefly touch on what's happened at the world baseball classic so far. Some of these pools are ongoing, so I won't dig in too much. Uh, My Netherlands optimism in pool, a uh, proved faulty, but my Italy optimism proved correct. Cuba, Italy, Netherlands, Panama, Chinese, Taipei, all two and two uh, in that pool. So tiebreakers factored in Cuba and Italy advanced in pool B. Uh, again, a team I was optimistic about, let me down. uh, Japan four and Australia three and one, Korea two and two, Czech Republic one and three and China 0 and four. So Japan advances at the top of that pool and Australia it gets the the second uh, seed there. So it'll be Japan versus Italy tomorrow and then Cuba versus Australia after that, um, in Pool C, the U.S. are in the driver's seat now after looking like they were going to be in a tough position after losing to Mexico, Mexico and Canada. The game between them would seem to be as close to a, a win and in your end situation as it gets, as long as uh, the U.S. handles Colombia. Um, in Pool D, Venezuela's two and zero, Puerto Rico two and one, Israel one and one, the DR one and one, and Nicaragua zero and three. Games are in play as we speak, so all of that will be change. We told you about uh Abraham Toro and South Freelicks performance over for Team Mexico. Rowdy Telez is three for ten across two games. Luisa Rios, one for eight. Tough error on a really weirdly hit baseball uh in the first game against Colombia that led to Mexico losing that, but they repounded with a win over the U.S. that has them in a pretty good spot. And if if they went out, uh they should have no problems advancing. I think uh any other notable performances from Brewers in this I don't really think so uh Devin Williams did pitch in one game I believe um and it was the game where I believe they were getting their asses kicked if I'm remembering this correctly uh yes so one third of an inning from Devin Williams uh so what do you zero- think the All zeros across there? the bird uh, I think he he's probably the the cl- closer if it's a close game and okay. they've either they they've either won by like four, lost by a lot, or won by a run rule. So I think if if he got to like a USA Dominican Republic game and it's six four US in the eighth or the ninth, I think we'd see him at one of those spots. Okay, that, just that's want just just my sure, uh. Cause... Because I know chair
3: we quarterback, we we had this about Bednar again. I mean, it came up last week so and looking ahead, but around the All Star, we were like, "What's going on? What does what does everyone else not see the three the obvious here?" So I'm just curious as to to where he falls. But yeah, as you said, maybe if the time is right, he's uh, he's the closer.
2: Also, Alex Hall four for 18 for uh, Australia and two homers. So. Maya culpa, Alex Hall in Australia. Sorry for doubting you. Uh, great work, but yeah, the rest of the World Baseball Classic pool play will play out uh, the rest of this week. Quarters in Pool A and Pool for or Pool A versus Pool B, we'll call it uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then the rest of the quarters across the weekend, and then the finals will be next week on March twenty first. So, if you're in Miami, go to the final. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it seems good. Um, Keeping up with as many Brewers details
2: as I can from it. Glad to hear. Uh, the guy I forgot one back. more. Sorry, Adam. Go on. Uh, after the Dominican Republic foolishly started Jeremy Pena over him in the first game against Venezuela and lost, Willie Adamas got the start in the second game against Nicaragua. Two for four. A run scored. Um, Playing great defense, as always, showing off his throwing arm. So, you know, let's not talk about the level of the competition there. Let's just talk about correlation. When you start Willie Adamas, you win a world baseball classic game. When you don't, you don't. So let that be a lesson to you.
3: Yeah, good to good to see Willie get in the mix. Um I I guess the other part of there is did I miss didn't Carlos Rodriguez have a when you mentioned Nick Riger, Oh yes. his his start was actually yeah, something that's... pretty special
2: it It made me very happy and intrigued to see what he does moving forward. yeah, you, you smirked there. Uh, that's I like how it made you uh, feel things I, don't, I didn't know where it was going It did make me feel alive. um that's for sure. but I don't know uh, the the turn and his wind up he's got I don't know if it's Johnny Cueto that it's reminding me of there, but uh, I loved I love the visuals there and then he obviously changes it up from the the stretch and has a much quicker delivery to home plate. but yeah, he's like mixing things up with his delivery. Went four innings, two hits, one run. It was earned, a hit by pitch, a walk, three strikeouts. But so across those four innings, uh, it means a, a 2.25 ERA. Um, and Nicaragua's playing as we speak. He did not get the start in this game. Will he factor in this? Is their final game of pool play. Maybe, maybe a few more innings for Carlos Rodriguez. I don't know. But yeah, thanks for cap, uh, pointing that out because as it was happening, uh, I was fist-pumping.
3: Is that it? Are we... Any
2: final... We're getting close. We're very, very nearly there, Adam. Uh, you and I, like I said, locked arm in arm, skipping through the streets of Chicago and then Milwaukee, watching a lot of sports, eating a lot of food, me drinking a lot of beer. It's, it's almost time. It's almost time. Uh, may- maybe... You know, we'll just all hate each other and then after this the GSPN <laughs> podcast network is no more.
3: Who who can tell? I guess that's a, that's a tease that'll keep people in suspense. But yeah, very excited. Very excited to see the brewers in person. All right, that does it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You should also subscribe to Euroset Podcast Network for all things books talking to Tundra for all things Packers and make time for this for all things pop culture and really everything else go to Repod as always if you're a regular listener you probably know by now if you haven't gone and checked it out why not, that's what I say join repod.com forward slash cruising for a bruising Um, you can follow us and all your other favourite pods there and have all the episodes drop into your feed you've got a player if you want to a hub for your podcast listening that isn't the the usual Spotify's and Apple's and all that kind of stuff. It's a great platform, and on top of that, you can interact with us. You can interact with other listeners on a given episode. You can feel free to click on any episode, leave comments, start, get conversation going. Andrew and I keep our eyes closely peeled for for anything in there. We always are prepared for some some brewers chatter. So yeah, go to. Cruising for Bruising Room. Join repod.com forward slash cruising for bruising. I think that's everything. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks,
2: Adam.